You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? This is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on the Decoding Success Podcast for the first of many roundtable discussions going into 2020. I have some amazing gentlemen sitting next to me. I'm going to start off with the guy to my left, Gio DeRice, who was connected with me through York College, my alma mater, a few years back now, thinking about it, actually it's a, really a few years, Gio came to speak as I was transitioning into an executive role, and then as I was the president of the club, I brought him back two times to speak, so my man Gio, thank you for being here, bro. Thank you for having me, man. It's amazing, it's amazing to see how far we've come, and next up is my guy Ant, my fucking, how do I say your last name, bro? Orissus. Orissus. Listen, yeah. I had to ask, I, I didn't want to say it wrong. You know what's funny about Ann and I, we were just connected this year, we hopped on a phone call, literally hopped on a phone call for 30 minutes, the next day we're at an event together, we didn't know we're at an event together, I'm rocking a FUBU hat, Ann comes up to me, he's like, are you Matt? I'm like, yeah, he's like, bro, we were on the phone together yesterday, that's how small this fucking world is, but yo, bro, I appreciate you being here, Pleasure, man. crazy. Next up is my guy, Philly fucking two times Massey. <laughs> I am hype. Obviously, we did a few episodes. Those are to come, but uh, a lot of people already know how we're connected. I don't even think we need to go into that too much, but uh, people see us together all the time, so they just already they already know the deal at this point, but I appreciate you being here for this, bro. Thank you for having me. Of course, and last but not least is my guy, Stevie Pellos, bro. <laughs> Stevie Pellegrino. Me and Steve have been connected for a really long time. Uh, we were just actually talking about this going all the way back to like Little League, although he was older and we didn't necessarily play against each other or together, but um, obviously got reconnected over time through mutual friends. Next thing you know, he was my business partner, as was Phil at a point and still is to this point. And uh, appreciate you being here, bro. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was, wait, I was waiting for the response. But uh, guys, we just already ran two minutes, and I want to make sure that this episode is super valuable. That's exactly why all you guys are here. So thanks to Gio when discussing potential topics to bring this about. I, this one really stood out to me. First and foremost, this one just stood out to me because I actually don't know the answer to it Like right this second. It's actually really tough for me to put this answer together. But... Today we are talking about the individual, that one individual you would want to have dinner with. Any individual. So I'm curious, let's 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 go around, let's chop this up. That I'm, I'm, I know his, I know Ant's answer already. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this earlier. I already yeah, know Ant's yeah. answer. I think I know Phil's because I know him well. I don't know Steve because we don't we don't necessarily talk about this type of stuff too often. <laughs> but I'm curious. Let's hear some of this. Yeah, yeah I have no problem going first. So yeah, I, I felt long and hard about this, and I think. The ideal person to take out to dinner uh, would be like going out with Andy Frisella. Why Andy, though? Andy, I feel like he's accomplished. Um, I get a lot of wisdom in talking to him, but also he's a guy that you can enjoy a beer with. And I feel like right. he'd throw a few down and it'd be it, it'd transition to a very long night with shots at the end, too. He could definitely throw more than a oh, few down. No he's a doubt, beast. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking beast. But, like... 
out of that conversation, like, what are you looking to get out of it? Like, you have one dinner. And honestly, I didn't even ask this. Mm -hmm. But now we can't go back on what I already asked. I was going to throw in Dead or Alive. Ooh, okay. That changes everything. I was going to throw in Dead or Alive. (laughs) We can't go there at this point. We can't go that... We're alive. That is... It's alive. That's part two of the show. It's officially alive. (laughs) We can get to that. We We could try and fit that in. But, like, what are you looking to get out of that one conversation with him? Well, I think with Frisello, what what gravitates me towards him is that he's authentically himself. You know what I mean? He's just something refreshingly honest about him, and he doesn't necessarily go by popular opinion. He kind of goes what's true to him, and he's not for everybody. Um, And because of that, he's able to find his tribe, and his tribe gravitates towards him, which I like. And yeah, he says some things that are controversial from time to time, but I think you're getting something that's very real. uh, I guess that's why he names his podcast Real AF. I Real guess, AF, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. But I just think he he comes from things from a different standpoint. He's not by the book. And he'll say it all the time. He's like, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I got some good ideas, and, and, and I go by gut. And I think in listening to his podcast, one of the things I, I am more in tune to is just kind of going by my gut and going by instinct. I think so, that that's what he does so well. Um, and I, I think, you know, in, in starting up First Form and his podcast. I mean, this guy was an underdog all the way. Right. He's had a pretty crazy story. So I think he's overcome a lot. And like I said, he's just a guy that I think he could be at the end of this table right now hanging with us. He's one of those dudes. Right. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. Damn. I'm, I'm, I need to listen to this podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's the man. It's really I've good. He's the man. a lot of good things. It's really, really good. good he obviously just switched podcasts from MFCEO Project over to Real AF, as Ann mentioned. And I think there's only a few episodes out. There are a few hours each. They're phenomenal. Like they're, 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 they're this. They're this. I literally said that that was the influence, and I said to myself, that was literally the change that needed to happen here Mm -hmm. on Decoding Success because I'm sitting there in the gym, and I'm listening to it, and I feel like I'm at the table with them, right? Like, they're just – whatever they're talking about, like, I literally feel like I'm there, and I'm like – I need to bring that to decoding success, and that's exactly how that spurred. So it's actually funny you bring that up, and that, that's the person you would go out with. Yeah, and I think that's the well, not the person I go out with, but the person the I take, person you know, with. <laughs> if we're to, to be, be clear, clear. Uh, on the record <laughs> here, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, you know, there's something very comforting about just listening to that podcast because you feel like you're hanging with the guys, and I think that's right. what uh, you know we're we're doing right here, right now. Exactly. So the little vino going around. That's exactly what Sir. we're doing. I'll go next. Uh, so this is tough. When you first said it, I was thinking somebody that was dead, but I'll, I won't spoil it right now. Uh, you know what? The guy I emulate the most, I think you're going to know, is Tony Robbins. Right. Mm. Live okay. lucky, baby. Just because True. this guy is killing it in every single facet of his life. There's no bucket that's not full or can be full. And he, like, revolutionized my mindset. Right. So I, I would purposely sit with him because whether you're, you're down, you're up, you can always figure out how to be back up again. Yeah. There, there's never a problem. It's always a solution. And he has access to everyone in the entire world. He sits down with Oprah. He sits down with Clinton. He sits down with, with anyone, Bill Gates. So I have access to those kind of people from that conversation. I mean, uh, where I can grow from there, just from sitting down with him. And kind of like just, just how his view of the world is, like his mind, what you're capable of doing, I mean... Who, who else would I want to sit than him? Yeah, he's a fucking beast, man. And obviously, we shared the experience. And I know you were there, too. I know you've been to a Tony yeah, Robbins event. Absolutely. Like, dude, 
he's transforms people people's lives in literally just few in a few days. And he's a partner in eighty eight companies. Yeah, that's that insane. has done that has, so the the thing that I love is that he's not just a multimillionaire and maybe a billionaire, who knows? You can't trust Google these days. Right. But uh, he's impacting so many lives. One of them was mine. Right. And then that ripple effect happens to why I'm even sitting here right now, why we're all friends. So he's killing it on the financial level. He's like madly in love with his wife. And you could tell when they look at each other, they have bomb sex. I love that, yeah. You know? And they're all like, they're passionate and they're older, which like you don't see mostly, you know? So he's killing it. He's killing it in that facet. Um, Faith wise, I mean, he talks very like generalistic about it because, you know, he doesn't believe there's any one particular thing, but he's killing it with that. He's killing it with the impact. Time management is something that I struggle with. He's killing it with that. Yeah. How do you have 88 companies and still go around the world and have that much energy and jumping around and going nuts? So like, I mean, I, he, he knows some unlock codes that uh, that I would love to, uh, you know, pick off of. 100%. Honestly, I obviously heard the transformation he's been able to give you on multiple occasions. I think you did UPW three times. Three times. Same right. Yep. You did it three times? Three times. Wow, man. That's insane. We were literally sitting in Monaco at Sauce Cafe. I'll, I'll never forget this. We're sitting next to a guy from Connecticut and a guy from I don't even know where. They're just discussing their little deal. Mario Balotelli, the Italian mm-hmm. soccer player, walks through with two prostitutes straight up. I'm not trying to put them on the <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they were, but Monaco has a fuck ton of prostitutes. And then Phil was just talking about Tony Robbins. I literally remember at the end of that conversation, I bought the ticket. Phil's like, nah, there's no way it's coming back to Jersey this quick. And I'm like, bro, like... It's coming. Like, I literally took out my card that night and bought the ticket that night because that's how powerful he was making it seem. And it proved to live up to the expectation. Not that I wanted to put an expectation to it, but everything from the walking on fire to the, you know, the different exercises within and just the overall fun of the experience of jumping up and down the whole time Mm -hmm. and being next to like-minded people. It was fucking sick. And I think with Tony, what, what I love is that he is about that life. Like, he he practices what he preaches. Like, all the things that, that he's on stage telling you about, he's actually doing himself. Right. But there are some people that I wonder out there that they, you know, preach all these things to do. And, yeah, they do it on and off or when it's convenient or they take breaks. That man is nonstop. And I feel like he's always, like, he's go, go, go. Right. And it's just the, probably the most – I mean, everybody from radio to, like, just any person of influence – Tony Robbins is always at the top of that list of influencers. So the guy's been doing it for decades on decades, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. What's crazy to me, though, is that people still don't know who he is. (laughs) I was having a conversation with this one chick, and she was like, who's Tony Robbins? And I'm like... I can't talk to you no more, girl. I can't talk to you no more, girl. Like, honestly, at the end of the day, of course, there's going to be people that don't know who he is. But at this point, man, it's just like, he's a fucking monster. He's a mon- in, in the best way possible, like in the absolute best way possible. And you even hear from like the people that he's close with. Obviously, we had Dean Graciosi on this show. We're actually bringing Dean back on January 14th. Sick. And like the way Dean talks about him and yo, Dean's a very accomplished individual, right? Even though they're business par- partners, to hear him talk about Tony in the sense that like he, he still looks up to him in a way. Like it's really admiring to hear that just to think like, yo, Tony is a powerful motherfucker. Mm. 
He really is. That would be you, my guy. You gotta be that. I'm telling you, that the whole framework of the event. Like, I never thought I was gonna walk on coals. I'm, did you? I, I did do it. I yeah. did do it. The setup is good, though. I was with a 16 year old who was not gonna let me go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I gotta use the bathroom. Yeah, I'll be right here. With you. <laughs> I'm like, shut I'm gonna do it tonight, then, right? And just the way he set that event up, and I don't wanna ruin it for people, but like, Literally, like, for you to envision that victory before you got there. It was powerful, man. Yeah, it was powerful. That's one of the things that I love is that when you get to that level of success, you know, greatness, whatever you want to define it as, you don't have to still do that. You have all the money that you could ever want. Right. But you do it because it's something bigger than yourself. Like, like that's like when you wake up out of bed and you're like, I don't have to do this, but I still do to that, you know, a level. Yeah. That's great. That's. Uh, that's what I really admire. Right, 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 right. I'll, I'm going to throw myself out here because this, this one's on the top of my mind. But the individual I would go to dinner with, I've been very fortunate to have, number one, amazing individuals like you guys around me. And I'm not saying that to be corny or cliche. Like, I'm really grateful for all of that stuff. I've been very fortunate to host amazing individuals on this show, to be with Damon, et cetera, et cetera. But there's one person that just stands out to me, kind of from like an idolism standpoint, but also because of how hard he worked at something he was never good at and became the greatest at it. And that's Michael Jordan. Mm. Like, Mm. think about it. Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team, right? I believe he was cut from his high school basketball team. Then next thing you know, he's playing at UNC, which is obviously a top-ranked school every single year, even back then. Then obviously we know what he did in the NBA. And one thing that I really love about him is that he wasn't scared to leave something he was great at to try something else, right? Like transitioning when you're at the peak of your game in your prime to go try and play baseball because you have an itch. Like that is an admirable like trait to know that you could just pick up and go. Like not having an attachment to something because you're great at because although people might say he's egotistical and shit like that, but how is he that egotistical if he just left everything he was good at to go do something he was not good at, right? He didn't even crack the pros. He was in the yeah, minor leagues, right? Yeah, he was yeah, in the yeah. minor league, right? Birmingham and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, uh, I think it was the Barons. The yeah, Barons. The Barons. Right, Barons. right, right, right. Yeah. And to that point, even. After he came back and did his thing in basketball, right? The thing that really strikes a chord with me when it comes to Jordan is his Hall of Fame speech. Getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, I don't know if you guys ever watched it. I watched it on YouTube recently. Like, oftentimes he's perceived as a dick. I relate to that. He's perceived as, like, all of these things. Like, obviously he was gambling. I don't gamble. But I just feel like I'm super relatable to him in many aspects. And then when I saw his Hall of Fame speech, I'm just like, yo... Like, I just relate to him. Like, he was cracking jokes on people that were in the stands, you know, old players, old coaches. Like, it was just an overall good speech. And then, of course, he's obviously the owner of the Hornets, and he has Jordan Brand. You're wearing fucking Jordan right now. Like, just from even from a business perspective and what he's been able to create from a brand perspective, like, he's one of the only brands in the world that is a verb, right? Think about it. There's Google. There's Uber. There's Jordan. Like... Yo, go get a pair of Jordans. What does that really mean? Go get a pair of sneakers. Right. Right? right like, right. yo, Google that. That means search it. Like, yeah, Jordan's no, a verb. It's the next level. Jordan's a verb. And for him to be able to do that, of course I would want to have a conversation with him. It's really tough to only pin it down to one, especially when you throw in the whole dead or alive thing. But yeah. got to be Jordan. Universal. Right, right, there's, right. There's multiple people that came to mind right away, but... Oh, it's tough, man. And jo- Jordan's phenomenal. Bro. Right. He, the greatness that he 
put in his career. We all felt as kids growing up. I felt this way. I will, I don't know if I ever told you this. My 10th grade basketball tryout. I didn't make the team in 9th grade. 10th grade basketball tryout. I had shitty K-Swiss sneakers. Like, shitty. Like, disgusting. I ain't gonna make it through tryouts with these things. So I went to whatever sneaker store. I bought these. I don't even know the name of them. But I bought these Jordan sneakers. And they were hot. Everybody was like, yo, you're crazy. Why are you wearing these to basketball tryouts? And I made the team. And I will tell you, there's a little bit of a mind connection. Right, there's for little, sure. There's a little bit of a mind sure. connection, you know, that, that link. Yeah. I made the team in. Is that, that's why we're about it. Have you ever seen the movie Like Mike? That's what Phil's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that I was, was Phil. literally going to say it was a little bit like Mike. <laughs> that, was, that was literally Phil. That was Yo. Phil. Crazy. No, man, that's that's my guy. That's literally my guy. Level, what you said, I, I forgot. I'll be sleeping on it. You, 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 he's so big, you don't even really, like... That's a good person, man. I used to shoot my jump shots with my tongue out, thinking it was going <laughs> on. You know, everything. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Right, 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 right. right. Crazy, but Michael Jordan, sheesh. And when you mentioned Tony Robbins, I was like, um, I thought about that too. My guy, everybody knows, like, I'm a huge Kevin Hart fan. I definitely would want to meet with him. Um, and he actually interviewed with Tony Robbins one time. Yeah, you know, yes. A powerful interview. But I think, like, for me, I look at a guy who um, was selling sneakers. And is now like being Jerry Seinfeld on the Forbes list, right? As a comedian, like to have a company with fifty people in it. I'm like, oh, sheesh! Like, you five foot three on a good day. <laughs> on a good day. That makes me look like Shaq. <laughs> five foot three on a good day. But when you think about like the humble beginnings, the amount of failures he's had, like I think that's the part that I would really want to go and talk about. Like, how do you just keep on believing in yourself when the results tell you the opposite? Right. When everybody's telling you go get another career switch, and you don't have no blueprint. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, the biggest thing for me is like seeing someone create something, but there was no map. And essentially, you are the map that everybody else now follows. Like, hmm. what kind of vision you have to have? to be like, I'm gonna go ahead and be the blank sheet of paper, but when I'm done, this is gonna be a textbook on how you're gonna do it. Right. Like, when I see that, I'm like, dang, like, shucks. Like, I, it just makes you dream. Like, it's just like, give me a blank sheet of paper, let me write, because of the way he went about his business. So that would definitely be the guy I would wanna talk to. So if, and I didn't ask you this, Phil, but like, if there was just one thing you could take from that Tony Robbins conversation, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh... Like, if you could only walk away with one thing, you kind of alluded to it with, with Frisella, but for you with Tony, what is it? I didn't even mention it with Jordan, so I'm going to get back to that. Uh, I would I would say unlocking human potential, or unlocking potential. I won't even say human, something bigger than myself. Right. I would say, how right. can I tap into something that's almost like a, a battery that never goes out, that's always on, because he seems to always be on right. all the time. So how, like... That battery, how do I have that battery in my life and I could ignite anything around me like he has? Right, right, right. For me with Jordan, I think it comes down to the whole aspect of never quitting, right? Even in the early days, like once he got cut from his high school team, he didn't have to go back. You know, like I want to talk to him about like what flipped that switch and it's just crazy. Like we all have experiences and sometimes we need to have like a really shitty experience to flip the switch, mm. right? And you just had a health scare, right? Yeah, what yeah. did that do? It literally flipped the uh, switch, it again. right? You're back against the wall and you ain't got no choice. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like oftentimes I was just have I had another gentleman here, John Arpino, who lost 275 pounds, wow. hop on the podcast. Damn. And he said like, you know, 
his back was up against the wall. He had no other choice but to do it. So, like, for me, it's like, how do you flip the switch without having to get to that point? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how? Can, I'm, I'm, I would say, can you? Like, almost like, is it like a, it, it just has to happen that way? Right. Where you can't, like, fabricate it. Like, if I'm trying to make it up, I know I'm making it up. When there's no choice, it's like, th- there's no choice. Like, it's like, you can't fake it. Like, I wish, you could, what you asked him, I literally wish there was, like, a button. Right. That you could push. Because who wouldn't want that? Like You would do it every day. You would literally do it every day. You would do it every day. And I, I was just thinking about it. It's like, I, I've been reading a lot about spiritual contracts, right? And, like, how individuals will come into your life to prove something to you, to show you something. And that also goes mm-hmm. with experiences. And then once you learn and once... You know, that flip is like literally switched, yeah. they're gone. And I, I look at my life and I literally see it over and over and over again from experiences that I completely forget about unless I like force myself to think about them. So I always, I wonder about that. It's like, yo, why don't these guys quit? And all right, his back wasn't necessarily up against the wall. It's not like he knew he would have made it this far. Maybe he did. I mean, I've never had a conversation with the guy, you know, but what was it that kept him going and and things of that nature? It's crazy, but uh, I would love to have him on the show. I actually did something crazy. I think I told you and you, I sent him a shoe. I got his address. Yeah, I I think we talked about it once, and I I don't even care to share this formula. It's something I learned from Patrick, but David. But um, I did it to two people. I did it to Tony Robbins, and I did it to Michael Jordan. I I had two pairs of shoes. Well, one pair of shoes, a left and a right. I sent one to Tony (laughs) Robbins and one to Michael Jordan, and I said, now that I got my foot in the door. Let's let's do something. Let me get my other foot in the door and let's have have you on the show. My dude, that's hilarious. I did that for <clears throat> that same example for surgeons that I work with, and I always get a call back. Oh, Every it's time phenomenal. You do that, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fin- you got listen. You got to go to that's Alibaba incredible. and get yep. cheap shoes. <laughs> you can't be sending a pair of Jordans no, every time. I would go to Payless. That's where I went. Now it's closed down. Yeah, so it's, it's an upgrade. Honestly, that is like. The best. And what it did, I didn't necessarily get Tony on the show yet, but I got in touch with someone to get him on the show. When it comes to Jordan, I got a response, but I didn't... That was it. Yeah, like, I literally sent it to the Charlotte Hornets Arena. <laughs> you know, that's where his office is, so that was that was the best I could do. But um, in regards to Kevin Hart, what is, like, that one thing you want to take away from that conversation? You, you started to hit on it. Yeah, I, I just want to, like, how do you get... How do you create a vision that's so deep that nothing can stop you from actually pursuing it. I think that's the biggest thing is like that clarity. There's like, I think and I believe, and then there's I know. Right. And I feel like he knew he was gonna be this successful, which is why he could deal with the 10,000 no's. Mm. I would wanna know like, when did that happen? Like, when did that become crystal clear to you? Um, this vision of you could be the number one comedian in the world and and then like how do you make sure that you sustain it and continue to water it because I feel like I have ideas but they they just like with the wind it's like oh that was a good idea and then it blows away I feel like with him it's been like consistent steady yeah. over and over again so I would it, I, I, mean, I, think, I feel like there's no one blueprint but I feel like I do want to download your mindset though right, like, right, 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 right. I, I, if you give me the mind the rest of the stuff is like the Midas touch. That's like, already there. True. Yeah, yeah. From that point, so exactly. And he's one of the most positive people I've ever heard in my entire life. I heard him on an interview on Howard Stern actually, and he was just radiating positivity. And that made me want to download on Audible, probably one of the best Audible books I've ever downloaded. I think it's Laugh at My Pain. 
Which one? one is the this? one with him with the puppies on the cover? Yeah, it's, um, um, I can't make this up. Yeah, I can't make this up. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, just listening to that through and through, just like, yeah, he's he's gone through, you know, just as many hardships as, as anybody, but what keeps him going is just like, he's just relentless in his pursuit of, of what his goal and his mission is, and right. he knows what that is, he knows his outcome, and nothing gets in his way. Right. He got a documentary out now, too. You know what would be interesting to, to ask him is like, specifically with Kevin Hart, and it probably intertwines with other people, but, and this is the best way to frame it right now, just from a general lack of word perspective here, but like, what what, what was it like passing the people he looked up to? So for instance, that, that's a good question. Sheesh. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, whoever else he looked up yeah, to, right? Yeah, like yeah. in that specific industry. And I'm not saying necessarily pass them like he's way better than them, but obviously he grew tremendously right. over the course of X amount of time. And there's you could probably ask that to Tony Robbins in regards to Jim Rome, right? And and right. Andy with whomever he idolizes, you know? Like that would be like a really interesting question to even ask Jordan. Like, yo, you came into the league you're probably looking up to magic johnson at some point you're probably looking up to these other guys at some point you know like what was it like to beat them like not in a competitive way but maybe it is for jordan because you know he's actually playing them on the court you know but that would be really interesting to to hear that perspective uh from all these guys and do you think these guys get to this point if they didn't have that setback like you were mentioning jordan earlier and getting cut from the team would, is he the Jordan that we know today if he's not cut from his high school basketball team? Not at all, man. Not it's at all. your level of commitment is what I think. Mm. And yeah. Like, and, like, also, too, like, with that question, I don't mean I would love that to ask that question, too, to these guys. I, I'm curious, when they were getting to that level of their superior or the guy I looked up to, did they have unbelievable joy and bliss? Or did they just think... Oh, it was nothing. Because think about it on a micro level, like when we have successes, hmm. do we feel unbelievable joy and bliss when like the people we look up to on our micro level, you know, when we hit that? Right. Or, or do we just think it's another day? So I'm curious if they actually process that. Like, oh, I just got up to Chris Rock's level. Like, I feel, and I'm doing backflips. Like, I feel amazing. Or it's like, yo, let's go. Let's keep going. Like, this is, I'm just starting. Let's go. Right. So I don't know. I'm curious about that. That's a, it's a crazy question to even think about, you know? I mean, I don't see myself as like a super competitive person to, to ever view anything like that. I'm competitive if we're playing fucking Call of Duty or if we're playing fucking air <laughs> hockey or, or some random shit. But like when it comes down to life in general and something that I've been trying to adopt more is the whole abundance thing. But getting back to what you mentioned and in regard to hitting those bumps in the road, I've read something today that I think really plays a huge part in this and it comes down to understanding that you're not important enough for the universe to ever hold you back from getting what you want Hmm. like no one in the world is important enough for the universe to specifically tell you you can't get there right so i feel like once we hit that block or um you know we whatever happens we have an experience we come into a spiritual contract or something like that it's just like you are the only one that can stop you from moving forward right True. you know so I, I think that's what it comes down to it's uh it's interesting but you're the last one, Stevie Pels, bro. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> we've been waiting, bro. We're, we're 30 minutes in. We're 30 minutes it's, in for this. I guess it started... Well, Jordan was definitely one of the thoughts I had, but to to actually like have someone like walk past me and, and be like starstruck as a kid growing up that you know played all different sports was Derek Jeter. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, there was... I don't even know what it was, but there was something at Juniper Valley Park over here in Middle Village... And there, you know, everybody was at the park. I don't know what event it was. It's gonna bother me, but 
he comes in like a limo. Jeter Cam? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's sick. And, and it, it was some. I don't know if they just put like the new baseball fields in or, or something, but I just remember him with sunglasses when he still had his like little hair up there. <laughs> <laughs> he had a super high top fade. Oh, yeah. He had the soup. He had no hair on the sides and he had a little hair. It was sick. And it, from that, I played baseball growing up. I'm a Yankee fan. He was the captain. So when you look at somebody that was the captain of the, the New York Yankees for a long period of time, that team had tremendous success, multiple World Series championships, and he was only in the limelight for good reasons. And, right, and to right. me, when we see superstars nowadays, true. you can even see LeBron under that same light because he's globally known and he also has not had his names thrown around in the tabloids bad this bad that he's known for doing yeah. x y and z good but for, for me that that guy was was Derek Jeter and I just remember watching him and and even just like thinking about what I was even going to say it brought me back to what was his 3,000 hit? He did a he hit a home run. Unreal. How did he end his career? He literally in his last game hit a walk off RBI single. And and I remember watching that with my Jeter jersey on. Like I'm getting chills. Like speaking about it now. Just like how do you become so good at what you wanted to yeah. do? Right. Mm-hmm. So like all of the people you just mentioned. It had to be practice, hard work, you know, determination, commitment. I don't know if there were setbacks like we know about some of these other people, but like consistent. He was consistent it, and it just blows my mind. And I kind of would just ask him if we were, you know, sitting there having dinner, just like what drove you to have that type of career. Right. Like how, what What did you do? Was it something daily? Was it mentally? Was it, was it a setback? Like how were you so dominant in one of the biggest markets, if not the biggest market of New York where people say, you know, they might not even want to go there to play for a team because they know what it's like to be in New York and they don't want that kind of limelight, the stress, and and he made it look effortless. Totally effortless, and literally to the point where, and I think this is potentially his answer, or where you would want to even gauge that question, it comes down to how could you be so disciplined to make all the right decisions, mm-hmm. right? I was just reading something in this in the same book that I've been reading, the one I just mm-hmm. shared with you. I think it's called like Unfuck Yourself by Gary Bishop, and um, one of like the big blurbs on a page like it's a full page it literally says something along the lines of stop doing the shit you shouldn't be doing and start doing the shit you should be doing because oftentimes like we already know what we should be doing but we just choose to do the other shit just to complicate it just to make it complicated sounds very simple when you read it on a page right Right. i I mean at the end of the day like do it yeah yeah i mean i could literally sit here and tell you a million and one things that i shouldn't do that i still do right like it, it's insane like it's just like uh, yeah I mean we're, we're human beings that's often what I tell myself but then when you hear someone like Jeter not for nothing guy's a great looking guy playing New York City you know playing in New York City millionaire right he's doing all these campaigns on top of being a mm-hmm. baseball bro he could be in the meatpacking district any night of the week fucking everything he wants to fuck you know like that's just the reality of it so and I don't know if he was doing that forever right really like, he probably did but again how did he 
He was just discreet. To like, he knows the game. Yeah. He was. I mean, I heard stories where he would give his girls like care packages, <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah. like yeah. autograph <laughs> balls and stuff like this. And I'm like, the one thing I like about Jeter, and it's funny that you brought him up, was that he was never a guy who would like fill up the box scores. I don't care about Jeter's trading cards. I don't care about stats. Like his number one thing was character. Like that, right. that was the yeah. one thing. Like Yankee brand is like revered. And they, you could literally put his face and say, this is a Yankee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a team that has that kind of long history to go and say, that guy who wasn't the biggest, the tallest, the fastest guy, that's the one we want you to go and model after. Like, yo, Eric, Alex Rodriguez came to the Yankees and had to look at him and say, dang, I was supposed to be the guy who everybody thought was going to be the greatest <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. And I come to the Yankees and they're like, go play third base. Think about that. That's crazy Like the, for Jeter to be on that level. The thing about Jeter is that they called him you know, Mr. October. Yeah. He was clutch. Like no situation faced him. When you just said that about Steve, about uh, that last hit, I saw that hit. I thought the same exact thing. And I don't know if it was in the same game or not, but when he reached over the stands by the third baseline and he caught the ball. That was insane. And I think he almost could have had a concussion or fractured his head. Like, that unstoppable dominance, that confidence, and also going off topic a little bit, think about how that translates to other areas of his life. I saw growing up, there was a a picture of the major league, like, um, you know, all the positions, and it showed nine women unbelievably gorgeous women from Tyra Banks Mariah Carey to or Jessica Alba I believe I might be wrong but all no, those are all his girls <laughs> those are all his girls always unbelievable women so like it's not like I, I look for links so like it's not just baseball he carried over that confidence into every single thing he did in life how do you attract that kind of woman and sustain it you you don't unless you have unbelievable confidence so it's it's not like that's that's what I would want right. to ask him too it's not just baseball but how it took you there and now he's the part owner of the Mariners Mar- I think so like you know it's it's in it's a gene that's uh, that's universal across your life it's phenomenal and as a Mets fan who looks for any reason to not like the Yankees, um, you got nothing but respect. <laughs> it's true. You got nothing but respect for the guy. Like, as much as right. you might, you know, be envious and, and want all those Yankee rings and success, you, know, you look at a player like that, and there's really nothing not to like about the guy. It's like, it's hard not to like Jeter and respect everything he's done for the game, all sorts of games, uh, baseball and outside of it. But the, the man's just unbelievable and, and just one of those guys where, like, he's a model human being on and off the field. The guy yeah. has a squeaky clean record, never got, like you guys were saying, never did anything wrong, or at least that we know of. Just like a model human. And I, you know, to some degree, I won't go there, but like, you look to other other athletes as well, like, you know, like a Tom Brady, a guy that does all the right things. I'm a Jets fan, and, and I got no love for Brady, but you gotta respect his routine and his game. 100%. And everything he does that makes him outstanding. 43. 43 years Unreal. old. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. So to, to, to flip the switch here, we still got some time. Who's the person you're you're taking out to dinner if they're dead? The, the person that is dead, not if they're dead. The person that is dead. I'll start this off. I already know my answer. I've been watching... Um, the Men Who Built America. I think I tried putting you onto it. Oh, I gotta watch that. Yo, mm. I'm telling you, this show 
was phenomenal. And this is all about the Titans. Like, I'm telling you, the, the people that literally built the shit that we still use today. And it, in the show, there was uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt, John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, obviously some other people that were in the mix. Um, but for me, like, the person that I think is the most boss out of all the people in that show is Vanderbilt. And obviously, I'm not like this huge history buff, but seeing the way these guys competed against one another was insane like literally insane to the point where Vanderbilt was partnering with Rockefeller who was based out like I I don't even know where he was but like he was in like the Midwest I think he was like right outside Chicago or Mm. Cincinnati or something of that nature and uh, Rockefeller was in oil Vanderbilt was in trains you know, and the way they partnered up and the next thing you know, Carnegie's getting involved and like the way they were like competing against one another was absolutely insane. So my thing is like, at a point, why even do that anymore? This is what I would want to know from him. Like, you are the richest person in America at this time, the equivalence of billions of dollars today, yet at 70 plus years old, you're literally still competing this way. Like what? What was the purpose of that? It's not like you're on social media at that at that point where you could right. self and be like, "Fuck you!" Like now I'm the richest man. Like yo, you, you're already the richest man. Like what are you doing? You want to buy another, you know, train uh, uh-huh. track or whatever the hell they're called? It's like what does that do? So that that like right there piques my curiosity because there was clearly something that I, we don't know about. You know, and I'm doing a whole lot of reading on these guys in 2020. I just bought, I showed you, I literally just got a whole bunch of like thick ass books on these guys. Like that is what I'm studying this year. It's crazy. I heard, uh, just to go off of what you said, I heard Tillman Fertitta, who I look up to like crazy. He's right. the owner of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, big restaurateur. Uh, he's, yeah, um, a crazy at 600 plus restaurants. Beast. Took his company public, then bought it back in the dip in 2008. Wow. By your own company back 100%. <laughs> Unbelievable. I heard, um, I heard Boss. him say this. Yeah. When, he's, when he said this, like certain things people say they really resonate with you. He's got, same exact thing. He's the modern day, what you said, Vanderbilt, right? Right. He's got crazy money, and he often gets, uh, you know, picked on and says, "Why don't you donate more?" And he donates about twenty million a year, as if that ain't enough. But he's a billionaire, so they say, "Why don't you? Why don't you do more?" And his answer was, "I'm still in the game. Mm-hmm. Business is my sport. I'm still playing my sport." He's got billions. He owns jets. He owns this. He owns that. He said, going to the office every single day and doing due diligence on this deal, acquiring this hotel, this aquarium, this team that gets me going and that's my sport like that's what like I don't want to be home I want to be in the office doing that I could do anything in the world so I think that's like a loose to it a little bit he said, yeah. he said I'm still in the game business is my sport right and I, that hit me hard he was a beast he was on Tom Billy's, uh he was on a lot of shows because he just came out with a new book but he he's a beast man he's a beast I'm glad I watched those because uh, he alludes to a lot of those points he's, he's a monster absolutely Someone dead, Jen. Someone dead. It's hard to think about people that are dead. It's right. (laughs) I don't want to be that guy. Take it like in a different turn. But when you first said that, um, I'm not going to sectionalize it by religion. I'm just going to say God. The reason I'm going to say it is, is that like whoever, whatever you believe in, any any nation, any religion, right. it all comes back to the same thing. As I'm growing, I'm realizing whether you believe Hinduism, Buddhism, Catholicism, Christianity, 
but you're a Protestant, it's we all believe in something bigger than ourselves. Right. Right? That's the purpose. So, so let's just leave it at that. And how do you have a, I'm not, I don't even, God-like empathy to do, like you ever ask yourself, they say, what would Jesus do? Right. Like, somebody continuously gave up their life for somebody else. Like had, and some people get mad when someone cuts them the line at the supermarket. Like, That's me. let's put it in. The <laughs> yeah. That's me. Like, like how, like if, how do you have that level of compassion or, and the knowingness? If you have that, I, don't know, I think that's an unlock code for anything you, anything you want, right. anything you want. Like, how, how do you have that level? Is that even is that even comprehensible to even think about that for a second? It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. And I think all these religions pretty much write the blueprint on like the roadmap rather on on how to live. And there's a lot of similarities in there. Like Phil was just saying, you know, like it all leads to the same God. And it's just such a shame that something that's supposed to be so powerful and so uniting uh, actually does the complete opposite. It's a shame that that often happens um, when people just, you know, not as a misoverstand um, religion. Um, take things sometimes a little too literal um, but yeah the point of the message is the same and I agree I think that's one of those things that as I get older I'm realizing more and more like yeah, we're all we're all praying to the same God energy force whatever you want to call it it's all the same thing and it should be uniting us um, and I'm, it's unfortunate that wars are starting in the name of religion when it's meant to do the complete opposite right and I'm also going to add one more thing because as Matt knows Steve knows you guys know like I was a promoter for you know, good part of my life, right. throwing events. And although this may sound funny at first, if you actually digest it and think about it, I think Jesus was the greatest, or God was the greatest promoter that ever lived. Because when you get people other than yourself who don't even know if what you're saying is true or whatnot, right. you get them to rally around you. And for 2,000 years later, they're still, still talking day. about still you. Still to this day, yeah. Still to this day, like... It's insane. Someone said that to me. I was like, holy shit. I mean, Walt Disney's another guy. But like, <laughs> like you know, like... Unlimited wine. Unlimited. Unlimited. I was thinking about it. Like, I'm over here throwing parties and trying to get a 1,000 people to come to my event. Right. This guy's got the better part of a world going for him. It's crazy. That is crazy. Talk about brand and legacy. We should, right. we, we should have made you go last because I don't want to say nothing after that. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough to follow <laughs> that up. That a tough one to follow. Yeah. Without a Sorry. doubt. Nah, that's... Oh my gosh. I'm sure we all can relate in some sense, but mine's yeah. more so like my grandfather. Mm. So he passed away in 09 and that was... I was graduating high school. So my whole life year, busy growing up playing... Basketball, baseball, football, you know. Hanging with your friends. Hanging yeah. out with your friends when skipping Sunday dinner was easy because you'd just be like, no, everyone's hanging out. I'm not going to go sit with the family for a couple hours. And right. for the most part, I did go to Sunday dinner because Nana's meatballs are... <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would rather not see my friends if I was getting that. But uh, j just to look back, and I'm still blessed to have three out of the four grandparents of mine, you know, still here. So, and my grandfather, one of my neighbors up the block always called me Little Pasquale. It was my grandfather's name because he said that we looked alike. There's a picture of him from like the, um, the army, World War Sorry. II. <laughs> and th when at his, uh, at his wake, it was up and everyone was like, oh, that looks like little Steven, who's my father. So they were, they were saying that. So it was just like, I felt like I had this connection. And since 09, I've had like 
like four vivid dreams of my grandfather who like I feel like I had like this unbelievable like connection with so it, it's just I, I wish I could like pick his brain he had five children uh, just whatever he could do for them he was a, a penny pincher whatever they needed it was just that's like, where you get it from what they, <laughs> it's, just, it's just what they needed and that was it everybody got whatever at dinner if you didn't like what they were cooking yeah, yeah. Were, yeah. that's it you were either going to eat it or you were going to be hungry right so just because I'm now able to see my grandparents I I had uh, lunch today and I brought that lunch by my grandparents who live around the block for me just because I had to pick something up, but I could have just picked up the wine and, and went home. But I said, you know what? I'm off today. They're both home. Why not? So they're asking me right. about my girl, about my job, you know, just, just life. Yeah. So it was nice to have that conversation. And then my Nana, uh, she's 87 and she calls me, can you take me to the bank? Can you drop me off at church? Can you, you know? So I still get to see her a lot too. So it's just like the the one grandparent who I is gone, I feel like I had this like crazy connection and it would more so just to be like, have a little more time. Right, right. I mean, I one of, and I, I hate to even say it's a regret, but like same boat, like my grandparents on my dad's side lived in Virginia and that was literally one thing I stopped doing when I hit a certain age. Number one, we would always drive down there from here. That's a seven-hour-plus drive. Like, that shit was brutal, especially when you were in traffic, your Game Boy in the back seat's dying, and, like, <laughs> you know, the cord to get to the, the front of the car wasn't long enough. So, like, you know, I just stopped going, and I think about it. It's like, yo, I didn't see any of my grandparents before they died for X amount of years, and I'm lucky that I was able to talk to my grandfather right before he passed, but I didn't have that opportunity to do so with my grandmother. So anyone that's tuned in, I really hope that they could just uh, take that as a message to make sure that they see their family a little bit more often because at the end of the day outside of your health and family like that's really all that matters at the end of it as long as you got those two things you're you're good you know yeah and to piggyback off uh, what steve said actually when you asked that question i immediately went to my grandfather also so um yeah all my grandparents have passed um and the ones that i did get to meet all had a tremendous impact on my life all three of them um and I actually feel their presence like on a regular basis, and That's good, I know yeah. that might sound like hokey to some people, but to me, it's the truth. And I actually, I, I feel truly a presence, and um, it's helped guide me to make a lot of like tough decisions in my life. Um, but the one grandparent I was going to go with for the one person I want to go to dinner is my grandfather that I haven't met, and he actually was born in 1899. So wow. yeah, man. So and he came over here. I want to say the year was 1910, and he was on this ship and went into Ellis Island. Um, and actually, I have a picture of that ship when I leave my house every day. Um, it's actually uh, went to Ellis Island, did the whole thing like the movie Hitch, where Sick. you go, you look in the database. Yeah. And like, not for nothing, you. I, I went in there. I went there with this girl I was seeing, and I, I wasn't. You know, you're trying to like put up like you know little bit of tough front and like I saw, <laughs> I saw the movie Hitch I saw them break down and cry I'm like I'm not gonna get upset but yo you see your grandfather's name there and your history in one document and you just can't help but get uh, you can't help but tear up a bit so yeah so every day I leave my house I look at that and I 
touch it kind of on the way down. Yeah. Got to remind nice. me of why we're here, why we're in this country. About you know, the, to, man, people don't want to even leave Queens to go to like Brooklyn. That that's a big move. Let alone go across and like, go across the other side of the world on a chance, on a promise of hope, and just that chance. It was just like really so so ballsy and just like you're you're risking everything for the betterment of yourself and the future Damn. generation so yeah. yeah man he's the original AO he's the original Anthony Arsis uh. so I got his uh, carry his name and yeah I think just like what America meant back then um, you know just the promise of like hey this is this is a land where, of opportunity this is where things happen this is where you go if you want to make a difference you want to make a change in your life like you leave there and of course they were told yeah there's brick uh, gold golden sidewalks and whatnot that was a thing that people had said back in the day and while we might not have had that we had everything else that you need to survive to to really just elevate your life and, and, and give you endless amount of opportunity so I think just the courage in being able to take a, a big risk like that just I'd want to sit down with the man that did that and say hey what was going through your mind like I hope we did right by you and I hope uh, you know we're making you proud because that affected all our lives and we wouldn't be here without the, that decision so right. that's, that's, that's the person I want to sit down with that's huge man yeah man Gio you're on the let, clock let, bro let, let, let me say something before I say who I was going to say First of all, I didn't think we're gonna be decoding life. <laughs> <laughs> this, this thing is going better than I thought. Um, like, nah, that's so good, and I'm glad Steve kind of put us in that direction about even the family part of it. Like, I really hope, like you said, that people really just get that part of it. Like, right. I, I literally knew one grandfather. He lived in Haiti, so we didn't see each other that much. And all my other three grandparents didn't pass like 50 years old. Right. So when I hear people, I get jealous when I hear people talk about grandparents. I never had that experience. Um, seeing my mom doing it now as a grandparent, I'm like, sheesh, like, I wanted that showering of it. But, um, so thank you even just for like, just creating the space. Right, so right, that right. We could really, like, these are, like, I think people don't understand, like, these are men talking. Yeah, this is this, this is, is five like, this, men. This is this is men talking about family, right. history, legacy, like, that's, unheard of right, right. on a Friday night on a Friday night <laughs> on a Friday night so that's super powerful man speaks to you the, the space that you create um, for me there's there, can I say two people go right ahead bro right, so the first person real quick was Roger Bannister um, and the reason why I say that is because before he ever ran a four minute mile no one else did right and once he did it 25 people did it the same year yep so like for me I want to know like at any point in time, you could have just stopped. Ain't nobody did it before. So I'm like super fanatic about people who do something for the first time. The second guy would be George Washington Carver, and let me tell you why. He took a peanut and got like 50 patents off a peanut. <laughs> a pe so like to me, I'm thinking like everybody's like, yo, if I just get this big thing, my life will be different. This guy said, give me, a, give me this. And I'll say, I'll cure polio and all these other stuff. And make, I'm like, with a peanut? So for me, like, like one of the things, y'all ever want to get me a birthday gift? Uh, <laughs> get me a charm, a charm so I can remember it. Because I, I, I just want to be remembered to remember, like, what could be done with a little. Right. Like, the impact he had to be able to create. I'm talking about 50 different inventions created off that one thing that everybody was like, yo, stop wasting your time with this freaking peanut. And he's like, well, watch what I'm gonna do with it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I just wanna see like somebody who went for broke on that one thing. Yeah. We're like, yo, I want 10 things. He's like, yo, give me one 
and I will make the 10. So I would love to have had a conversation with him. That's huge, man. Yo, this, this episode was fire. I'm not even uh, just saying that because like this this is legit the shit people need to hear. And like you said, literally five dudes on a Friday night, <laughs> like we could be doing anything. Like this is this is what we're doing, setting we up 2020. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, crazy. Yo, we've been running 50 minutes too. I didn't even realize that. Like, it goes by fast. It goes by Very quick, fast. man. Like I, the only reason I knew was because I looked down. and I'm like, damn, like yo, we've been rolling for a little bit. Wow. Nah, I appreciate you guys. Like this is the this is the type of shit people need to hear. So oh, this is huge. To that point, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, I'm gonna make sure that everyone's social handles are in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to connect with Gio, if you want to connect with Ant, Phil, Steve, obviously myself, you'll be able to do so just by heading over to the show notes of this episode by scrolling up, scrolling down, whatever. On top of that, if you found this episode to be of value, I have to ask you to make sure you're leaving a rating and review, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes. Listen, I don't give a shit if you leave me one star. I just want to hear your genuine feedback so we know how to make sure to to guide this ship to be able to provide you with the value that you need by coming here. So uh, to that point, gentlemen, I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys hopping on here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.